Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce, where we review and discuss your and our favorite comedy films. This is the world's first and only combination trivia host and professional wrestling announcer of Chilean descent that currently resides in Southern California, Ozzy V. And with me as always on this program, first in the Northern California Bay Area, world-famous juggler Greg Larson. How you doing, Greg? I'm great. Every time we have a movie in which I get to critique some juggling, I feel like I'm the expert in the room for a moment. How about yourself, Ozzy? You're you're the world famous juggler. You are the chief juggling correspondent of the Flesh Wound Radio Network. So we're glad to have you here. Also with us, ladies and gentlemen, Flesh Wound producer Todd. Yeah, I don't have any cool skill like that. So (laughs) I'm just chilling. Just chilling. Nah, I'm not chilling. I'm giving Ozzy the big double. Oh, we're so close to avoiding that. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, this week we will be reviewing and discussing Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, released on December 21st, 2007. Todd, do you have a trailer available? Yes, sir. Let's check it out. Mr. Cox? Mr. Cox? Give him a minute, son. Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. (laughs) I don't know that. (laughs) Cut my brother in half. Not bad for your first time. The music of Dewey Cox has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music. <laughs> From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this plane. You're never going to make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're going to fail. <laughs> Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Welcome to the top of a mountain, man. You see, it's a long, hard walk. But I will walk hard. Of the man who became a legend. Walk hard. The Beatles want to hang out, so I'm going to go do that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. This Christmas... I'm leaving you. You can take the children, but you leave me, my monkey. (laughs) When it comes to music... I ain't good enough to follow Elvis. There's two things you need to know. I'm the king, and number two is... Look out, man! See how close I came to your head? I can chop a man in half. I'm guilty as John. No legend is bigger than Cox. You met my new wife, Cheryl Cox Teagues. Thanks, buddy Holly. What do you think, George Harrison? The one, the only, Dewey Cox. Thank you, Eddie Vader. Walk hard. What happened to you, Dewey? I don't know, but I know what happened to you. Patrick Deppie took a beating. (laughs) Walk hard. My life has been blessed. From my singing, to my family, to my sausage. It doesn't say cocks, <laughs> unless I say it tastes like cocks. <laughs> that was the trailer for Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Again, released on December 21st, 2007. Now, there are a couple of versions of this film. There is an R-rated version with a runtime of 96 minutes. And then there's an unrated, extended, self-indulgent edition. That's what it's called. That's not my own commentary. That's at 120 minutes. 
Now, uh, this was directed by Jake Kasdan, written by Kasdan and Judd Apatow, starring John C. Riley, Jenna Fisher, and Tim Meadows. That's actually John C. Riley's singing as well throughout the movie, which is kind of adds another element to it because it's a complete mm-hmm. parody from start to finish of uh, most notably Walk the Line, but of all these music biopics. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's him actually singing just adds a, like you can buy it as like almost like a legitimate music biopic. But the fact right. that it's about a made up individual just makes it even better. <laughs> um, just to start on initial thoughts on this, seeing this in the theater, I remember being one of the only people laughing. It was a lot of humor that <laughs> people weren't ready for or didn't like or okay. what were offended X, Y, Z. It <laughs> definitely did not strike a chord. There, there was a few people that walked out of this movie that I recall. And I was thinking like, why are they walking out? This is great. But, you know, there were certain moments where I was Todd knows how I laugh in the theater and I was mm-hmm. getting the look like what? Maybe it was I'm you. Sorry, but I'm laughing movie. at a movie. <laughs> Say it again. Maybe it was you, not the movie itself. <laughs> you scared them all from laughing. <laughs> Sorry. The goody audience knows that they can just laugh louder now. That's right. There you go. Greg, initial thoughts. Um, yeah, this isn't the first time I've seen this movie, and it won't be the last. Um, we did watch the extended version, um, and I think it's only fitting to watch the extended Cox. Um, so, <laughs> but it was it was interesting because uh first and foremost, I have to critique the juggling part of it. Um, there was a kid in a talent show, which I thought was perfect. He did a basic cascade which was great. But the part, the part that got me that I thought was like, well done to either the performer or the casting director, because when he was juggling, he did this thing where like, he like kept like juggling with his mouth in a way where like, he kept like opening his mouth a little bit, like looking like a fish while he was juggling. (laughs) Happens a lot when you're a beginner. And so it like perfectly set the middle school kind of juggler oh. that you'd be getting. And I was like, that's a detail that I, I suit because I got made fun of a lot for doing that when I was getting into it. So, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So so that definitely hit home. Um, and also, I'm a huge Brian Wilson fan. So when they got to that segment of making fun <laughs> of Brian Wilson, like, oh, it was fantastic, which I do want to like drop some Brian Wilson knowledge. The part about the goat, which is stupid. Like, <laughs> when he puts Brian Wilson's smile is a fantastic album. No matter how much they make fun of it, it's a great album. But he did use a goat in the film or in the album because he thought it was so ridiculous it would make people laugh. And his whole theory was if you laugh, you lose control. And when you lose control is when you can truly have a spiritual experience. And in this movie, I laugh so much, it felt like a spiritual experience. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely valid. Uh, Todd, initial thoughts? It's probably best for the longer version. They went with extended, not uncut, but... That's just me. Um, and uncut cocks is definitely a lot different. <laughs> um, yeah, this was my first time seeing it. Um, I did go with the extended, which sometimes can be a little too much on your first viewing. But um, I didn't know what was missing, so I couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, I 
first time and i was glad you know ozzy's been trying to get this one on for like a year <laughs> yeah it's been a long long time that i've been trying to get cox and we didn't watch it not once <laughs> <laughs> damn it greg <laughs> took my favorite moment hey hey I'll I just set it up one. for you to bring up since that's our next segment. It is our next segment, but I'm going to pick another one because, I mean, the reveal's gone. But actually, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I I love this movie and like know like the back of my hand. So I'll let you guys go first on this because I can pick one of my million favorite moments in this movie. So Greg, you want to kick us off on that aspect? Yeah, gonna go my same route that I always do when it comes to setting the tone of a movie. Um, when when there's the waiter, or whatever, going through, or the the sorry, it was backstage manager, or whatever, saying like, "I need Cox running around," you know, <laughs> just like you know, you're in for a good time. And and I thought that that was wait, I shouldn't have made a Cox joke and say you're in for a good time. That was unintended. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that moment of like just saying okay we're we're gonna have a good time with this film like it's gonna be ridiculous it's gonna be these bad puns set it up perfectly so so i thought it was a perfect way to set the tone i i think that's actually should be receiving the uh blame as to why people were feeling uncomfortable in the theater because i remember those opening lines where like said cox i need cox yeah (laughs) i remember laughing right Mm mm-hmm and I remember people not laughing because oh, this was at the downtown Disney AMC at the time that it was, was it like date night, too. So the guys had to like play it cool. <laughs> no, this was um, I don't mean you. I meant the other people there. No, this was actually I remember it was specifically an afternoon because I just got done with my shift at one thirty. So I went to the downtown Disney AMC at two o'clock with somebody else who was still working. But, you know, it didn't matter. <laughs> Not your business. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but my, uh, uh, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. I have to get the one that got me was when he was trying to avoid temptations, <laughs> <laughs> and, and when every when he actually got to the temptations, that's when right. I was like, okay, this is brilliant. <laughs> so, so I mean, what's funny is that you guys, Greg, you mentioned something at the very beginning. Todd, you mentioned something towards the very end. But there's so much that happens in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, just to clarify, before I, I mean, I'll just get out my moment, and then I just want to clarify some of the things that were in the extended that were not in okay. the theatrical version. But I mean, oh, okay, Greg, you mentioned it. You never once paid for drug drugs, not once. The Bob Dylan cover song, or the, I should just say the Bob Dylan song itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dewey tells, uh, oh God, what's Edith about the marriage? And he just says, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so great and honest. <laughs> just, he's being genuine with one person and just like, yeah, sorry. And uh, the interviewer, it was played by Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. When she's asking all these questions and it's just she's asking the all the wrong questions in this interview. And then yes. she ends it with, let me tell you, you have so much time, so much going on. What seems like a safe question. Are you able to just stop and smell the roses? No, <laughs> I can't smell anything. He storms off and I lose it. 
just I mean, because that whole scene was just like perfect setup and setup and setup and just I this I love this movie so much, but I should say that if you're not a fan of maybe musical biopics, this probably isn't gonna be for you because while it is a comedy, it's treated as an act like the story itself is actually very similar to a young artist going through a career and going through changes or whatever. So the story has like it, it's a two hour comedy, but I'm okay with it being a two hour comedy because I'm so interested Mm -hmm. in the story itself, despite how ridiculous it is because it's played so real. John C. Riley does such a good job in the role. I can't imagine anybody else, but him. Well, I mean, I mean, really, you got a dramatic actor in your lead, too. I mean, he just happens to be great at comedy. So it's like perfect sure. casting. It, right, right. So it they didn't overdo the com- I mean, they let the comedy happen. But I mean, they, they took liberties when they at the right moments. Yeah. And they let st- things organically happen at the right moments. But this movie kills me every single time. Uh, so, but going over some of the differences here, a lot of the differences lie in the songs. So in the theatrical version, you'll probably hear a verse of a song where in the extended, you'll hear two or three of the verses of the songs and extended dialogue. So if, if you if you have a copy of the extended version or you pick one up and you notice that there's a little extra dialogue going on in the scene, probably cause it wasn't cut because in the theatrical version, the lot, scenes were a lot shorter. It's about a half an hour that's missing in, in between the differences. But also in the trailer where it talks about Dewey having a marriage with Cheryl Teagues, that's only in the extended edition that did not oh, make man. the theatrical cut. The Patrick Duffy scene where he gets punched. In the face. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Sorry. Where Patrick Duffy gets punched in the face. That is only in the extended. Uh, so you don't see a lot of that in the uh, in the extended and of course there is more nudity in the extended unrated uncut version of cox uncut cox have we gone through the ratings yet i can't recall no not yet no all right well i mean it should be no secret for me it's i mean it's a 5 but it's like a it's like a 5 with an exclamation point for me just because I'm a huge fan of these music biopics and to have a movie like this that takes so much slapstick and can grab just an ensemble of a ton of people that you recognize Mm -hmm. in like small cameo roles just must have been such a blast on the set and that time whatever they had on the set trends that you felt that energy as you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You just, it, it it was so hard to just not laugh at this movie that you just had a smile on your face the entire time just i love this movie so five with an exclamation point or bold or i yeah like i said todd mentioned it i've been trying to get this movie on here for a year greg yeah um definitely i've been watching him since like Tim and Eric Awesome Show and all those fun, you know, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim shows that he was on. And um, I think that movies like this and the shows that he's been a part of um, 
have inspired like that new Netflix series. I think you can leave now and you can kind of see that same ridiculousness. Um, so like this is weirdly a pioneering kind of movie um, for a genre of ridiculous that that I personally love. Um, I laughed over and over and over with this film and this isn't a movie that I've seen just you know this isn't the first time I've seen it so um, for me to still keep laughing it really holds through the test of time and so for sure a five and and I, I would even go so far as to agree with Ozzy, which I try not to do. Um, <laughs> and go yes. like a golden five for this one. I feel like I'm about to get yelled at. Because <laughs> while I did enjoy it, I am a four I'm and a half. <laughs> I'm a four and a half. Jesus. Okay, so you got four and a half on this. He's a four Sorry. and a half Cox. <laughs> So, did you have anything to say with the four and a half, or? Um, yeah, I, I was generous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to piss off. Uh, no, I, I thought it was a good time. I definitely watch it again. I'm, I'm kind of curious if the shorter version might be a little tighter, and I might enjoy it a it, little better. It, I do believe it is. Uh, from what I, I call can... the, from what I recall, the theatrical, because the only, the last time I saw the theatrical version was in the theater. And I just recall how quick it was. And I just remember feeling disappointed that we didn't hear more of the songs. Okay. So, so that's if you're why into I like the music. Yeah. Exactly. If you're in, if you watch the theatrical and you're like, I really dig these songs or whatever, then you definitely got to check wow. out the extended. Cause it, that's, it, it comes on that weird area of time where there's like a lot of unnecessary extended versions that were happening that were just bloating the running time. So it's hard to tell. Which this, ones which? Yeah, I felt this one was necessary in the sense of like a, a lot of it is the songs. And there's like a few minutes of the scenes, you know, the Cheryl Teague stuff and the Bert scene with, you know, I think of the theatrical version, you just see the back. So you just see his bare ass rather wow. than, you know, the other side. Mm -hmm. But and then there's also shortened dialogue for that scene as well. Right. Uh but I do remember the theatrical version, how quickly it went because you weren't getting second or third verses of these songs. You'd get one verse of it, a taste of it, and then you move right on to the next thing. That might have been how they sold it to the studio. Not sure about that. But give like in a couple weeks, maybe a month or so, give the theatrical version a shot. See yeah, I'd watch it again. So, well, of course you would, because it's absolutely fantastic. Now, it's so fantastic. It's so fantastic that it is actually not available to stream anywhere at the moment. <laughs> it is only available to purchase or rent. But if you're a fan of John C. Riley, and if you've never seen this movie, I think a purchase at $12.99 at either Apple TV or the Amazon, Google Play, wherever, is worth the price if you are already a John C. Riley fan. If you don't know who John C. Riley is, obviously maybe rent it or whatever, but if you know who he is and you love everything he's done, this is definitely something that you would love. I think that's fair to say. Would you guys for, fair to say for our oh, yeah. large listening audience of John C. Riley fans? I'm just just in case anybody's you know searching walk hard review. Here we go. You never Hashtag, know. There we go. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of Flesh Wound Farce. If you have not yet had the opportunity, head on over to the Patreon. 
Go to patreon.com slash flesh wound features. There you have an opportunity to sign up for as little as a dollar a month, at which point you could vote on what film we will review and discuss. Todd will have a list up momentarily at the time that this episode is released. Should be July 31st. So we actually would be seeing a list coming up shortly in early August, I would imagine. Is that safe to say, Todd? Yes, we'll figure out what the theme will be. Maybe a summertime summertime theme. A summertime theme? Summertime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Are you going to watch Thumb Wars? <laughs> Do you okay? There was this weird era, like a film, where they made all these thumb movies. There's a Thumb Wars for Star Wars. There's the Thumb Witch Project. <laughs> all that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and where the like you know it's the thumb and they have like yeah, mouths I, and they're I, talking. I know. Uh, yes. Yes. Done. I'm well aware. Okay. Can, can they used to have a thumb it? version of Thumbelina. <laughs> Not until Ozzy starts working on it. <sighs> It's got to happen. I want nothing to do with the. Come on, let's hear some Thumbelina voiceover. No, no. Well, how much are we getting paid? I just want to sample first. I just want to get paid. Got to submit it. Okay. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to Uh, it. Greg, Todd, do you guys have anything else before we head out for the evening? Not not if you're not giving us any Thumbelina preview. That's all we want now. I have no Thumbelina preview for you. I apologize. Maybe next week. But probably not. You know, there was a guy who was going to make a Thumbelina movie and he was listening to this show right now. And he's like, if only I was looking for a part. But no, Ozzy. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In it my could be one of our many John C. Riley fans. This, you know, like I love stupidity, but when it just goes like beyond stupidity and just like I know you're trying to get under my skin. Like it's, I get it, I get it. Ridiculous. I, hope I, I, don't even, I, I don't even know what Thumbelina is. Listen, my only knowledge of Thumbelina is seeing uh, an episode of Married with Children, and something happened to Kelly's head, or she, you know, like she got hit in the head or something like that, and she answered the door. Somebody asked her who she was. She said Thumbelina, and then she ran across the living room and hid under the kitchen table. I don't know who Thumbelina is. I literally have no knowledge whatsoever of what this this princess. You're hating on. I'm not hating. I just don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? How am I hating? How am I explain? How am I hating? You don't even want to try to do a voiceover for it. I don't know what the voice would be. be Part of this. I don't know what the voice would be. I was more. I didn't want to be a a part of a a thumb thing because it just. Creeps me out, it really does. That takes it to a whole new level. Well, I, I mean, the ABC thing. used to have the TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, or whatever. And the host was Jay Moore as a thumb. Well, I mean, uh-huh. it was Jay Moore's voice. I think it was Jay. It sounded like Jay Moore. Oh, but... you know what? That's the problem. The Thumbelina movie from 1994 was animated. Mm-hmm. So it was a Don Bluth one, though. So it should have been a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, Charo did one of the voices. <laughs> Carol Channing. Oh, this is an all-star cast. I think it's time that we conclude this episode because all now right. Todd's going over the cast of Thumbelina of 1994. The animated classic. Thumbelina. That's right. Classic uh, might be a word that's Patreon. using. 
Oh, oh god! You know what? Animated. There are some Rover Dangerfield has to be up there on that list. We've got Strays, which would be fun, even though that's you know, it will be theatrically released. Yeah, but hopefully that will get on the show soon. But any final thoughts before we head out? Or Todd, did you want to con- continue on your final thought? Are we good on your Thumbelina? Whatever. We are good. Oh, gross. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us once again for world famous juggler Greg Larson and flesh wound producer Todd. I'm Ozzy V, and we'll see you next week right here on a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce.